do? That's good. All right, so, um, so for the summer, so we're going to take a little bit of a break on Sefer Yeshua. Bez Hashem, we're going to get back, and that's the Riker Lee with Sunday morning, but I figure this time of year, Tamaz and Av, we're entering into Tamaz and Av. It's good to, uh, to talk about a sugya that, uh, you know, that maybe is not so focused on so much, which is the of Yomaisa Mashiach. Yomaisa Mashiach, the coming... The, when Mashiach comes, exactly what, uh, what that process looks like and so on, we'll see, we'll see a little bit about it. Now, the truth is, huh? It's in Yonah Diyam. Yeah, exactly. So, I hope, Bez Hashem. Bez Hashem. So, uh, anyway, so the truth is that it's not, it's not disconnected from Sefer Yeshua. As we'll see, it's very much connected with Bechlal, uh, the story of Nevi'im, Kalal Yisrael entering into Eretz Yisrael. But Bez Hashem, Bez Hashem will get there. Um, so first of all, again, hopefully by, by Tuesday we'll have the, uh, the printer up and running. So if there's any, I don't think we had enough copies, but I am an administrator on the shul chat. So I took a picture of the Marmar coming, so it's on the, it's on the shul chat if anyone needs it over there. Okay, so, so let's begin like this. So t- today what we're going to learn is a little bit, m- mostly halacha, about an aspect of the coming of Mashiach and Mashiach himself. And really today is going to be sort of like the foundation for what we're going to be speaking about for the next few weeks. And we'll see, again, we'll see where, where this year goes. I don't have it all like uh, planned out yet over the summer, but we'll see, we'll see where it takes us. But, tonight, but today is certainly going to be like a fundamental point. So, uh, so it's good to, uh, you know, if you plan on coming, it's good to pay attention. Obviously, like everything else, I try to keep everything self-contained. So it's not like uh, you don't have to remember this, but it's... It will, be, it will be helpful. Okay, so it's like this. Let's just dive right in. So in Marmokka number one, so this is a piece, a famous piece from the Rambam in Pirisha Mishnayis, and it's commentary to Mishnayis in his introduction to the final chapter of, of Mesecha Sanhedrin. Everyone's familiar with the Yud Gimel Animamans, right? We just sang Animamans, so the 13 Animamans. So wh- what is that coming from, 13 things that we have to believe? So it's coming from the Rambam. The Rambam over there in his introduction to, uh, to Sanhedrin, so he talks about this idea that he, really the Rambam sort of created this, that the Rambam understands that there's a certain, there's a certain basic level of belief that a Jew has to have in order to be qualified, in order to be classified as a believing Jew. And what are the basic beliefs that a Jew has to have? Says the Rambam goes on to say, 13 principles of faith. It's a, it's a chiddush from the Rambam, there is such a thing. Other Rishonim disagree and say, you have to believe in everything. It would be 13, uh, uh, every, every word of Torah you have to believe in. Okay, but the Rambam believed that there's this idea of having 13 principles of faith. And then based on that, so then later on in history, you know, we have someone formulated those 13 principles into animamans. The Rambam didn't write the animamans, but the Rambam wrote these 13 principles of faith. So, the twelfth principle, or the twelfth animamin, is the belief in the coming of Mashiach. So let's see it inside. <coughs> so it's like this. So again, Maramaka number one. Hayisayid Yudbeis. The twelfth principle, the twelfth uh, article of faith, is Yumaisa Mashiach, the days of Mashiach, the coming of Mashiach. Now let's see it inside how the Ramah formulates it, and we'll, uh, we'll see where it takes us. Vuhu. So what does that mean? What is the twelfth principle of faith? Lahamin ulaames sheyavoi to believe and to uh, and to even intellectually prove to oneself how Mashiach will come. And says the Rambam, part of this is not only so again to believe in the coming of Mashiach, to learn about how it makes sense and how it's 
how it uh, like uh, logically makes sense that world history should result in the coming of Mashiach, and also to believe that it's not something that's going to happen way distant in the future, to believe that, it's, that, it's, that, it's, that it could be imminent, that it could be imminent. And if it takes a long time, to uh, hope for it, to hope for it. And not to give a particular date for the coming of Mashiach. Not to spend time using Psukim to try to deduce when Mashiach is going to come. And that the idea is not to give a specific time because by, by giving a specific time, what you're saying is that he's not going to come until that time. So as the idea is, says the Rambam, number one, to believe in the coming of Mashiach. Number two, to, 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 to learn about the topic in such a way that it's like, fish, like it makes sense to you that Mashiach will come. And number three, to believe that it's mamish any second, any, any, any second, and not to give it a certain time as if, you know, it's not going to happen until then. Mamish any, any single second. The Chalmayim, the Chalmayim, in fact, said of the Gemara, that Tipach Ruchim Shomachash Rikaitz, and those that, uh, that, uh, that uh, give dates for when the coming of Mashiach comes, the Chazal give a curse to them that their souls should, should leave them. In other words, we don't want people to come up with these dates because, again, it, uh, you know, what, what's going to happen until that date comes? We want to believe that Mashiach can come any single second. The Shiyamin, that's fine, that's all number one. Number two, says the Raman, the Shiyamin, also to believe, that the person Mashiach, the person Mashiach, which is, again, uh, we'll talk about this in a moment, uh, Mashiach himself is certainly a big tzaddik, but, but halachically speaking, he, he is the, the, the king of the Jewish people, right? He comes from, we'll see in a second, from the line of David HaMelech, and he comes and he reestablishes the kingdom of the Jewish people. So we have to believe, says the Rambam, included in this article of faith, is to believe that the person Mashiach and the king, the, this, this, the, the, the new king that's going to come, is going to be greater than all the kings preceding him. And that's something that we find from Moshe Rabbeinu prophesized about it all the way to Malachi, the last Navi that we have throughout Nevi'im, prophecies and predictions about Mashiach, not just about the time period, but about the person himself, that the person himself will be an elevated person and greater than all the previous kings. Now, the Ram says very strong language. And if a person is in doubt and uh, not sure if he believes that the person Mashiach is going to be greater than all the previous kings, it's a, it's a little printing mistake. It's as if he's in doubt of the Torah itself, because the Torah in Parshas in the, in, in, in and in Parshas Nitzavim predicts the greatness of Mashiach himself, how he'll be greater than all previous kings, and so that's part of the fundamental principle. Umachlal Again, we're, I'm gonna I'll, I'll sum it up in a second, but just to finish the paragraph, says the Rambam, and including this pr- principle is something else. Shein David, that this person, Mashiach, who's going to come and be the next king of the Jewish people, is going to be the kingdom has to come from the house of David. and even from David's family, the specific son of David, Shlomo Hamelach. So it's going to be a direct. So he's going to have to be a descendant, not just of David, but of specifically Shlomo Hamelach. And anyone that, uh, that rejects that family from being the right heirs of the throne, is rejecting Hashem and his prophets. So that's the 12th article of faith. So again, there's a, lo- there's a number of things that the Ram just threw out at us. In this, you know, in this uh, article of faith about the coming of Mashiach, what's interesting is, is what, what's, what's missing. The Ram does not say in this article of faith, in this principle, 
that the belief is mm-hmm. what's going, what, you know, what the situation is going to be when Mashiach comes. That's not his focus at all. He doesn't talk about that you have to believe there's not going to be any wars and there's not, everything's going to be gewaldic. He doesn't talk about that. The focus of the Rambam is, is on really two points. Number one, you have to believe that Mashiach will come and you have to believe that, it's, that it could be any single second. That's like sort of the first principle, the first uh, part of this. You have to believe in, in the coming of Mashiach and that it could be any single second. And not to put any dates on it as if it's not going to happen until that point. That's number one. And number two, then the Ramah focuses more on the person of Mashiach himself. That that person that is Mashiach is going to be not just a king of the Jewish people, but the greatest king that we ever had, and specifically from the house of David, and within the house of David from Shlom HaMelech, his son Shlom HaMelech. That's, that's what the Ramah says. Now, <clears throat> we're not going to be able to, today to cover all, all, the, you know, all the aspects of this, but one nakuda that we're going to focus on is like this. Why is it so important to believe that the coming of Mashiach could happen any second? Now, we understand that, that that's, it's, it's very um, encouraging to believe that, for sure. But, let's, but, but appreciate this. Everything the Ramah is writing in this article of faith, the Ramah believes that this is Ikari Amunah. This is Ikari Muna. This is Mamish, the basics of Yiddishkeit. And if a person doesn't believe in any of these points, uh, it's a big problem whether, you know, to classify him as a, as a believing Jew. So the question is, why is that such an integral part of this general belief of, of Yomai Samashiach? I understand why believing in Yomai Samashiach and the coming of Mashiach is, an, is, a, is a major thing. Because that redefines world history. It, it, gives, uh, it gives context to everything that's happening in the world. It, it's a, major, it's a major element of Yiddishkeit, I get it. But why is it so important that you have to believe that the coming of Mashiach is possible any single second? And, 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 and the Rambam said that you have to also try to figure out how Mashiach, how the coming of Mashiach makes sense. There's something, about, there's something about the coming of Mashiach being imminent and being possible every single second. And says the Rambam is mamish vital and mamish important. So that's the question we're going to be dealing with. Why, why is that so important? I understand it might be true. But again, to say that that's part of the principle of faith, why, like, why is that so vital? Why is that so vital? Okay, so it's like this. You know, the, 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 we, we call him Mashiach, right? What, what does Mashiach mean? The word Mashiach. So Mashiach comes from the word Mashiach, the anointed one, right? So let me explain. We have a halacha, I'm not going to go through this, we've spoken about this once before. We have a halacha when it comes to kings. When, the Jewish people, when we anoint, when we appoint a new king, when a new king has to emerge, uh, uh, Sholem Melech was the first king. David Melech was sort of also uh, a new king. The halach is that in order to establish someone as a king of the Jewish people, there's a ceremony, the things that you have to do in order to make a person a king. One of the most important things that have to be done in order to make a person a king is what's called Mashiach, uh, to, to be Mashiach and Mashiach and Mashiach, to anoint him with the anointing oil. A oil that was made by Mashiach Rabbeinu, they used that to anoint all the vessels in the Mishkan and so on and so forth, to anoint the Kayin God like that, and you anoint a new king. That's, that's to be, to be Mashiach, to be anointed with Hashem and Mishkan. Now, just to, cl- to clarify a couple of halachas, then we'll see how this, how this applies or doesn't apply to Mashiach himself. The halach is that once a person is anointed as king, let's say David Melech, right? So he's anointed as king. The halach is that you no longer have to then anoint his son and his son and his son. It's automatic. It's like Yerusha. It's an inheritance. It just goes down the Yerusha. David Melech is king. Automatically, that kingship then goes to his son. 
So a melech ben melech, right? So a son of a king that now let's say the, the father passes away, the king passes away, and now it's time to have a new king. The new king just yarshins, uh, he inherits the melucha from his father. You don't have to anoint him again. The, the only situation where you would then have to anoint a person that is just inheriting the malchus from his ancestors is when there was like a machloikas or something. Let's say there's like a bunch of sons, right? And they were fighting with each other, who should be king, who should not be king. So to, to settle the, the disagreement, we'll anoint the, the, the son that's been chosen to be king. But that anointing is more of a uh, ceremonial way of sort of making it clear who's the chosen son to be the king. But technically speaking, once a person is anointed, then automatically the malchus, the kingship, goes birusha. Again, if there's a machlekes amongst the children, so ceremoniously we'll, we'll anoint the son that's, that's picked to make it clear which son is being picked. But technically speaking, once David Melch was anointed, it goes Yerusha. The question is like this, what about Mashiach himself? When Mashiach arrives, but Hashem, it should be Mamash today, so Mashiach comes. Will he have to be anointed or not? What's the, what's the question? Will he have to be anointed or not? So it's, it's ironic because we call him Mashiach, right? So you think like the whole, whole title is Mashiach, it means that he has to be anointed. What's interesting is, is that when you go through the Rambam in the, in the Laws of Kings, and all the way at the end of the Laws of Kings, he talks about the coming of Mashiach. No words does the Rambam say, oh, and by the way, when Mashiach comes, he'll have to be anointed. Not only does the Rambam not say that, we're going to see soon, it's very clear from the Rambam, that Mashiach does not have to be anointed. Does not have to be anointed. So even though ironically he's called Mashiach, <laughs> but he actually doesn't have to be anointed with the anointing oil. So the, the question we're going to deal with right now is going to open up, and it's going to open up this, uh, this sugya of Mashiach himself and Yomaisa Mashiach, is why. Why is it that Mashiach will not have to actually be anointed with the Shem and Amishcha? Because it's ironic, if you think about it. I mean, we haven't had Malchus, right? It's, it's been a long gap. It's been a long break. Since, uh, <laughs> since the king of Shevet Yudah, since the first Beis Hamikdash, throughout the entire period of the second Beis Hamikdash, there was no king from the tr- from the tribe of David, from the house of David. There was uh, you had uh, you had from Kahanim and so on, but you didn't have Malchus based David. So Malchus based David ended from the, the destruction of the first Beis Hamikdash. So from the first Beis Hamikdash until the coming of Mashiach, there is no Malchus based David. So you would think, I mean, Chari would make sense that if Mashiach comes and he is what, and he's reviving Malchus based David, so you got to anoint him to restart, restart the system. But again, as I mentioned, from the Ram, it seems very clear, and Achorinim point this out, that Mashiach himself will not need to be, to be anointed. We'll just, so what's Pshad in that? Why, what's the understanding of that? So it's like this. There are two basic understandings of why that is. Why will Mashiach himself not need to be anointed, even though Malchus based David seemingly has ended for over 2,000 years? So why doesn't he need to be anointed again? David Melch needed to be anointed because it was starting a, a Malchus. So why doesn't Mashiach need to be anointed? That's the, that's the question. So in Marmokka number two, you have a piece over here from Chedusha Rabari Leib. So Rabari Leib was... Uh, Rashiva Besatalmud, Rabbi Leib Malin from uh, Altamir's. So he has a Shtikel Torah in his Sefer, Chelik Beisiminun Ches. Let me tell you outside what he says, and then we'll see it together inside. So Rabbi Leib over here comes up with a Chiddush. It's, it's part of a larger Torah that he has. But Rabbi Leib says like this He says, You're right. He's, he's talking about this question of why Mashiach will not need to be anointed. And again, the basic problem is again, we understand the basic problem is Malchus based David is no longer 
around. It's, it's been, it, was, it ended from the times of the Chorban Bayis Rishon, and now Mashiach has to restart it. So if you're restarting it, why don't you need to be anointed? Every new king needs to be anointed. It's one thing if you're yarshening the kingdom from your father, then you don't have to be anointed. But if you're starting a new line, or you're starting, you know, restarting, then you have to be anointed. So why does Mashiach need to be anointed? So Cesar Bele like this. Cesar Bele, you're right. You're right. It's true. The kingdom has not, hasn't, hasn't been around for over 2,000 years. But Cesar Blave, the reason why Mashiach will not have to be anointed is because the anointing of a king is not so much about making him a king. Cesar Blave, the, the anointing that we do for, for, for a potential king is really about preparing him and making him worthy of being the king. In other words, there's two separate things. There is actually being a king and establishing a kingdom, and then there's being worthy of that title. You could have someone who, who, who maybe is worthy of the title, but he's not a king yet. And you could theoretically have a person who is a, a caretaker of the throne, so he's officially in charge, but he's not really, he's not really uh, uh, worthy of that, of that kingship. It's not really his. Cesar believed the function of the Shem and HaMishcha is not actually to make the person a king. The function of the Shem and HaMishcha is to prepare the person to be worthy of that kingdom when it's presented to him. Now the truth is, this is not so far-fetched because, I mean, it's, in, in the beginning, well, Bez HaShem will get to this in the beginning of Sefer Shmuel, where we have the whole story with David and Sholem El, you know, the pace that we're going, it'll, it'll take us a while. But, uh, but uh, in that Maisi, you, you have a basic story where Sholem Elch is the king. He was anointed, he's Mamsh the king. And then because he doesn't destroy Amalek, right? So Hashem decides, you know what? I'm, he's not going to have the Malchus anymore. It's going to be given to David HaMelech. And Shmuel HaNavi is sent on a mission to anoint David HaMelech. So you have this funny scenario where what? Where you have Shol is still the king, but David HaMelech is anointed. And as we'll see, when we get to, we'll see in that story that when David Melech was anointed, it wasn't like Shoal stopped being the king. Shoal was still the king, but yet you had this other person being anointed as well. So, like, what, like, what does that mean exactly? Two kings. Like, not, not if uh, what's going on over there. So the answer is, is that Rebbeib is right. Not that he doesn't need my uh, my backing, but but the idea is as follows: that Shoal was the king. But in terms of who is really the one that's worthy of that kingship. That's David HaMelech. And Shol, so there's two separate things. There's being worthy of the kingship, there's preparing the person to sort of be a vessel to receive that, the kingdom, and then you actually have to be given the kingdom. But those things are, are separate things. So Cesar Belay, when it comes to the coming of Mashiach, you're right. The kingdom of the Jewish people, the kingdom of Malchus based David, has ended and has not been in existence for over 2,000 years. But in terms of the person being prepared to receive that kingdom when the kingdom comes back, that's something that's been, we haven't, we haven't seen it, but it's been sort of passed down by Yerusha. Once Shlomo HaMelech, once David HaMelech was anointed, it means that the members of his family are now officially prepared to receive the kingdom. Is the kingdom around? No. But in terms of being prepared to receive it, his, his family is prepared to receive it. So, therefore, when Mashiach comes, you won't need to be anointed because the purpose of the anointing is to make him prepared to receive it. The family of David are always prepared to receive it. When Mashiach comes, then the Jewish people have to get together and establish the kingdom. But in terms of the anointing aspect, that's not going to be necessary. Because the purpose of the anointing, says Rebbe is not to make him a king. It's to make him worthy of being the king. Worthy of being the king? That started from David. That hasn't ended. That's Rebbe point. Let's see it together inside. So far, so good, yeah? Everyone follows? 
Huh? So it's interesting, right? His title. So the way you have to understand that he's, his title is Mashiach, it's ironic, but his title is Mashiach, is like he is already anointed. He is already anointed. And everyone in David and Mel's family, in a certain sense, is already anointed. They're worthy of having the title of king, although they're not king yet. <coughs> Take a look at Maramukha number two. So again, this is Rebleib. When Mashiach comes, ain't Sarch Mashiach. He's not going to be, need, need to be anointed. And he's no different than any person that's inheriting the throne from his father that doesn't need to be anointed. I, the kingdom of the Jewish people, has ended. And so when Mashiach comes, the idea is to restart the kingdom. And to restart the kingdom, you would think. Need, he needs to be anointed again. You're right, the kingdom has ended, and in terms of actually being a king and having the power that comes with being a king, that's ended, and that's going to have to be restarted. Like there's a whole parsha in Chumash about establishing a kingdom and having a king, and all that stuff, you're right, has ended, and Mashiach is going to have to restart it. It's a mistake. But that's not what being anointed is about. Being anointed is not about making you a king. Being anointed is about making you worthy of being the king. That's something that has not ended. That's something that has not ended. And that won't have to be restarted. So says Rebbe, this is the side. There's two separate things. There's being worthy of being the king. And that started from based David when Davinach was anointed, boom, kicked in. His whole family is now worthy of being the king. And therefore, when Mashiach comes, he won't have to be anointed because he's certainly worthy of being the king from the fact that he's coming from Davinach Melech. You want to know whether he's actually going to be the whether whether he's have to, whether the Malchus is going to have to be restarted. Certainly, the kingdom is going to have to be restarted, and that's going to take a Sanhedrin. That's going to take maybe a Navi, it'll take uh, some sort of other ceremony, but in terms of, of, of Shemana Mishcha, it won't be necessary. That's the Yisrael of Rebbe. So it comes out that according to Rebbe, which is, I think, probably what we'd assume, is that the Malchus, Malchus based of the kingdom of the Jewish people, from the times of the destruction of the first base of Migdash, no longer exists. And Mashiach is going to have to restart that Malchus. The point of Rebbe is that to restart that Malchus, it doesn't necessarily need anointing oil. But the Malchus of the Jewish people will have to be restarted, and it doesn't just automatically uh, exist by itself. That's Rebbe. The, prob- the problem is that it's, it's, it, it seems not like that. It seems not like that. If you take a look at Maramukha number three, and this is a big Chiddush, the Rambam in Hilchas Molochem, it's, it's a fascinating piece. The Rambam talks about what does it take for a person to prove and to, and to sort of uh, establish themselves as Mashiach. Like, what are the credentials? You can't just, you know, put on your, sta- on your WhatsApp status, you know, I'm Mashiach, it's not enough. You have, to, you have to prove it. You have to, uh, you know, yeah, what are your credentials? So the Ram says like this. It's in Hilchus Melech and Perakit Aleph Allah Hadalit. Vim Yamid Melech Mibes David, says the Rambam. If a person gets up, from the house of David, right? So he has to, number one, he has to have ichas, right? So he has to have ichas to David. But if a person from the house of David comes up, and he's someone that's involved in Torah, so he's certainly a religious Jew, a Talmud Chacham, and he's involved in mitzvahs, like with the dedication of David HaMelech himself, so he's already a big tzaddik, and he's, uh, you know, and he's uh, a God-fearing Jew. 
Number one. Number two, V'yachuf kol Yisrael leilech ba'ulchazik b'dodka. And he also compels the Jewish people. It doesn't have to be necessarily with force, but he, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's inspiring and he's, and he's makariv, the Jewish people, to, to Yiddishkeit and to come back to Hashem. V'yilcham mechomes Hashem, and he wages the wars of Hashem, as he fights, he fights our, our spiritual battles. Hareza becheskas shu Mashiach. You could assume he's Mashiach. It's a chazaka. It's, a, it's not for sure yet, but it's becheskas Mashiach. It's a very, you, you have to, you have to, you have to be machmer that he's Mashiach. Now, if this is all in terms of he's trying, he's, he's finding the words of Hashem, he's trying to be makarv, call Yisrael back to Hashem, he does that, cheskas Mashiach. Says Rami, if, if, if his efforts bear fruit, and he's matzliach to bring Klai Yisrael back to Yiddishkeit, and he's matzliach in fighting our battles, Ubana Mikdash from Kaima, and he builds the base of Mikdash in, in, in Harbayas, the Kibbez Nidcha Yisrael, and he brings Klai Yisrael back to Eretz Yisrael, Hareza Mashiach Bavadai. That's Vadai Mashiach. That's Vadai Mashiach. And he'll be able to, not, then it's beyond the Jewish people, then he'll be able to, get, to, to unite the whole world under the service of Hashem. Then those days, all nations will, will be brought together under one language. To serve Hashem and to serve Hashem with one, you know, with one yoke, with one, uh, one avay. So the Ram is very interesting over here. The Ram is trying to tell us again, what does it take in order to prove oneself as Mashiach. And the Ram, and the Ram does, he breaks it down into two parts, right? Number one, if he's a Talmud Chacham and he's dedicated to bringing Kaisal back to uh, Yiddishkeit and he fights our battles, Cheskes Mashiach. Cheskes Mashiach. If the, you could assume he's Mashiach. If then he's Matzliach and he builds a Beis HaMikdash and he brings Kaisal back to Eretz Yisrael, Vada Mashiach. Let me ask you something. What, what, what's the not, who, what does it mean, Cheskes Mashiach? Like, in what regard, what does it mean that, okay, you have to, you have to now assume he's Mashiach. What's this, what's this middle ground of, in, in other words, uh, if I were the Rambam, again, uh, you want to know if the guy's Mashiach. So these are the things that he has to go through. And if he goes through all these things, then he's Mashiach. And if until that point, he's not Mashiach. What is this, what is this thing that if he gets, like, X, these few points, right, then he's Cheskas Mashiach. If he then goes further, Vade Mashiach. So the answer is, on a simple level, what the Ram is trying to tell us is as follows, is that if, the, if this person goes through these first steps, fights our battles, uh, you know, brings, tries to bring Klaisel back to Yiddishkeit and so on, he's cheskas Mashiach. What does it mean, cheskas Mashiach? It means that you have to be machmer. What does it mean to be machmer that he's Mashiach? To be machmer that he's Mashiach means that you have to be machmer that he's a king. There's halachas of being a king, right? Uh, there's halachas of being more of malchus, of rebelling against the king. If a king says something, then uh, you have to take it very seriously. And you have, there's a certain amount of respect, respect that you have to give to a king. There's all halachas. There's halachas of being a king. There's a whole section of, of Hilchas Malachim. Says the Ramam, if the person gets those first uh, checks, you know, those first boxes are checked, cheskas Mashiach. You have to be machmer that he might be, he might be Mashiach. And if he's Mashiach, then he's a king. If then he goes on to the next steps, then it's Vada Mashiach. What's in, what's, if, based on that, though, what we see from here is an amazing thing, is that without doing anything, without there being this collective ceremony of a Sanhedrin and a Navi and even Shem HaMishcha, just the very fact that he proves himself as being 
the one that we're hoping for to see, the person of Mashiach, automatically means that he's a king. In the world of, of, of Rebleib, right, that there are two things. There's being worthy of being a king, but then there's actually being the king. And actually being the king and having the malchus of the Jewish people, that's non-existent anymore. In order for the malchus to come back, you need a Sanhedrin, you need a, a formal gathering of the Jewish people. You gotta, you gotta make him a king. It's not automatic. What's automatic is that he's maybe worthy of being the king. But it's not automatic that he is the king. But in the Rambam, what we're seeing in the Rambam is not like that. What we're seeing in the Rambam is that by just checking the boxes, automatically it's, it's, clear, it's, it's established that he's the king. And initially you have to be machmer that he's the king, and eventually if he checks enough boxes, he is for sure the king. What you see from the Rambam is a, is a, is a big chiddush, which is, not like Reb Leib, that what, that, that, the, that the kingdom has ended, and all that's remaining is worthiness of being a king. What you see from the Rambam is an, is an amazing insight, which is the kingdom of the Jewish people has not ended. And from the times of the destruction of the first base of Megdash, it might be that we don't see to the naked eye in an open and revealed way the kingdom of the Jewish people, and therefore we don't see in an open and revealed way a king, but tr technically speaking, the kingdom of the Jewish people still exists, and the king of the Jewish people still exists. We don't know who it is, and we don't see who it is, and therefore, there's no reason to, to, to think it's any particular person. But when you have a person that begins to check these boxes, oh, then automatically we have to then be machmer. Maybe that's the king. I mean, that's the king. Who made him the king? The answer is, there is already a king. There's already a kingdom of the Jewish people. I, we're not uh, living in Eretz Yisrael. We're not united. There's no actual person that seems to be you know, embodying that role. On the outside, we don't see it, but on the inside, we're real, the Jewish people's kingdom still is alive and well, and there is a king to the Jewish people. Who that person is, we have no idea. But once a person comes up and starts checking those boxes, oh, cheskes Mashiach, then you have to start being machim. Maybe, maybe that's the guy. Maybe that's always been the guy. And if he checks enough boxes, it's taka clear he is that guy. Right, so he's already a king. He's already a king. So let's go back. We had a question. Why is it that the Rambam says, and it's clear from the Rambam, that Mashiach does not have to be anointed? So Rebbeleb said, you know why he doesn't have to be anointed? Because it's true, he's not a king. But anointing is not about making a king. Anointing is about making a person worthy of being the king. And worthy of being the king, everyone in David Melch's family, even during Gullis, is worthy of being the king. But what we're saying right now in the Rambam is not like that. It's not just that 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 that, that, that uh, being anointed makes a person worthy of being the king. No, no, no. The kingdom and, of the Jewish people is still alive and well. The destruction of the Beis HaMikdash did not end the Malchus. It, it, it sent the Malchus into hiding. That's it. it sent the Malchus into hiding, and it sent the king into hiding. But even right now, in this very moment, the Malchus of the Jewish people exists, and there is a melech for the Jewish people. Who that is, it doesn't function. It's not uh, in practical terms. It doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't uh, make itself known like that. But the malchus of the Jewish people is alive and well. And therefore, when Mashiach comes, he's not going to have to be anointed. Why? Because the malchus of the Jewish people has been passed on from generation to generation, from father to son. That the, the Yerusha has not ended. And, the, and therefore, he doesn't have to be anointed because it's no different than a person yarshning the malchus from his father. Uh, Shlomo Melch's son didn't have to have uh, anointing oil because it goes like that. It just goes Yerusha. That's why he won't have to be anointed. And therefore, says the Rambam, as soon as a person begins to check these boxes, oh, then he's coming out of hiding. 
he's coming out of hiding. He's not reestablishing the kingdom. The kingdom has not ended. He's just coming out of hiding. That's what's going on. This is why, let's go back. This is why, says the Rambam, the principle of faith is that Mashiach, we have to believe, could happen any second. Why is that so important? In, in halachically, why is that so important to believe that Mashiach can come any single second? You know why? Because what is the, what's the article of faith? The article of faith is to believe in the, in the re-emergence of the Jewish kingdom. The, the, the Jewish kingdom, is, that's what it is. It's a re-emergence of the Jewish kingdom. It's coming out of hiding. If you were to believe, no, 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 Mashiach is like, it's, it's you know, uh, in the year 6,000 or something. I don't know. It's, it's not going to happen until that point. That's fu- that, that, then you're not hopping what Yemais Mashiach is. Yemais Mashiach is not the shot that now there is no kingdom of the Jewish people. Malchus Yisrael does not exist. When Mashiach comes, it'll be, it'll restart. It'll reboot. It'll, 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 it'll pick up again. That's incorrect. The way to understand Malchus, the Malchus of Mashiach is that the Malchus of Mashiach, the Malchus of, of Beis David, the Jewish kingdom with a king, exists right now. It's just in hiding. It's Beskasia. It's in a hidden place. It's in a hidden place. And the coming of Mashiach means that hidden world of Malchus based David emerging, coming out of hiding. And because of that, you have to believe it, it can happen any single second because it doesn't need, it's, it's not something new. It's something that's, that's right now. This is also why the Rambam at the very end of that, uh, of that principle of faith says that it's not just enough to believe that Mashiach comes from the house of David. You have to believe that Mashiach comes from specifically Shleim HaMelech in the house of David. Why? See, if Mashiach is starting a kingdom again, then all we, all we have in Navi is that Hashem promised, David HaMelech, you have the uh, ownership on the throne of the Jewish people. It's in your family. Happens to be in his family. So Shlomo Melech took over after David, and then Shlomo's son, and so on and so forth. But if the Malchus ended by the times of the destruction of the first base of Migdash, and it has to be restarted with the coming of Mashiach, then all you should have to go with is what? The family of David. Because that's already been, Yaakov Avinu said to Yehuda that the Malchus is in your Shevet. And then Hashem made it more specific that even within the Shevet of Yehuda, it's specific to the family of David. But that's it. Those are all the regulations that we have to go with if you're restarting a kingdom. So, so, but the fact that the Rambam says, no, 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 it's not just enough Yehuda. And it's not just enough David. You have to believe that it's specifically coming from Shleim HaMelech. Why is that? The answer is because Mashiach is not restarting a Malchus. He's, conti- he's coming out of hiding. The Malchus based David, which started with David and then continued to Shlomo and Rechavim and so on, has not stopped from that particular line. And when Mashiach comes, it comes out. Say it again. Why Shlomo? Why not Yechanya? That's a good question. But the Rebbe decided with Nevoah that it should be with Shlomo Melch. But it was never a promise. It was, see, there's two separate things. The Rabbanu Shloilam, by Yaakov Avinu already, in, in Parashat Vayechi, Hashem said, Yaakov Avinu blesses each tribe with their gifts. Yaakov Avinu bestowed the gift of kingship to Shevet Yehuda, which means it's now, it's, it's within the ownership of Shevet Yehuda. And then generations later, Hashem goes within Shevet Yehuda and gives ownership of Malchus to the family of David. That's, as, as far as ownership of the kingship, of, of kingdom, that's as specific as it goes. Once it's within the family of David, you're officially not stealing anything. You know what I'm saying? Within the family of David, then it was, fat, it was past the Shlomo and Rechavim and so on. So it has that particular line. But again, if Mashiach is restarting something, if the kingdom ended, and now you're just starting fresh, then the only, things, only qualifications you have to, all, the only boxes you have to check is Yehuda and David. That's it. 
So why do you have to make sure that Mashiach is coming from the family of Shlomo Melch in particular? The answer is because you're not starting fresh. You're not starting fresh. You're continuing the line that's already been started. So not only is it from Yehuda and is it from David, of course, but the, it's mamish the same Yerusha from Shlomo Melch. So this is the aside. The fundamental principle is, you know why Mashiach will not have to be, be anointed? It's because the Malchus has not ended, the Jewish kingdom has not ended, the Malchus is it's just coming out of hiding. And this is again what the Ramam is saying, is that so how do you know who the king is? You're not going to need a ceremony, you're not going to need anything like that. Once he checks a couple boxes, you have to be Machmer. What does it mean to be Machmer? To be Machmer means that it's already there, we just don't know who it is. Now that he checks a couple boxes, oh you have to be Machmer, maybe, maybe that's the guy. If, if the Malchus has to be reestablished, then even if he checks boxes, you've got to do something to make him a king. He can check all the boxes in the world. There has to be a, a, a maimid. You've got to do something to establish him as a king. The fact that, that he checks a couple boxes and all of a sudden we have to be machmer means that the kingdom is already in existence. It's just a matter of figuring out who the guy is. So once he checks a couple boxes, now already we have to be machmer. Oh, maybe, maybe he's the guy. And as long as there's a maybe, that's enough to be machmer that, he, that he's talking a king. This is not, I mean, I, I don't think this is, you know, my idea. If you take a look at Marmokka number four, so Lamin Chaschinuch, also in, in Mitzvah Kuf Zayin, also talks about this sugya of whether Mashiach is going to have to be anointed. And l- look at the language of how the Min explains why Mashiach will not have to be anointed versus Rebleib. Again, Rebleib said the Malchus ended. The Malchus ended. So why, and, and Mashiach is going to have to start the Malchus. So why won't he have to be anointed? So says the because anointing is not about making a king, anointing is about making a person worthy of being a king. And worthy of being a king, that has not ended. But the kingdom itself has certainly ended. But listen to how the Mechaz says it. L'chayr Nira says the Mechaz Chinech, which seemed, the Melech HaMashiach, Shemekav Manu, the king of Mashiach that we're hoping for, she is Gal Meir Emenu, that'll be revealed already, that's the Lashon of Gita, it'll be revealed. Once he, since he's going to be from the house of Shlomo Melech, Dor Achar Dor, generation after generation, Imkain Hamalchus Yerushalay Meis Shepaska Hamalchus. Even though the Malchus has ended from the times of destruction of the first temple, the Malchus is still going in inheritance. It's still being passed down generation to generation, unbeknown to them. Like they don't know what they're yarshning, right? It's like a person going around. You can have a person. There's mice like this. I remember there was a. Who was it? There? There's a particular Rosh Hashiva in, uh, in Europe. I can't remember what his name was. And he, was, he survived the war. Some ice like this, that he was in the camps and there was a person, a, a Yid, a very big Gvir, and he was also in the camps and he turned to this Rosh Hashiva and said, you know, you're a brilliant, you have a good memory. I don't know if I'm going to make it out, but I just want to, you should know that I'm, this is my name, so-and-so, and I have a big, I have a big uh, bank account, a big thing, you know, in, in a Swiss bank account. I was going to be. I don't have any children or whatever. So let, I'm going to just t- tell you my name and the and the account number. And see what happens. Fine. So this Nebuch, the person is killed. The Rashiva survives. And years later, he doesn't. You know, he just has it in his head. He knows the, the last name and the account number. So he's sitting in base manager. The mice. He's sitting in base. He said this over. He's sitting in base manager. And there's a, sh- a person collecting money. He's coming and you know collecting. So the person comes by the Rashiva. The Rashiva asks him like, you know, who are you? What's your name? And he says that last name. And so he investigates a little bit more, you know, he's, talking, he's, he's, the, he's the Irish, he's the Irish. This person didn't have any family, but he found like a distant uh, relative with that name. So the Rashid says to him, you think, you're, you, think you're, you think you're a poor person, you're richer than everyone in this neighborhood. And he remembered the bank account number and Taka, the guy was a big fear. So you can have a person that's a, that he's a Irish, but he doesn't know it. So says to him in it's not the shot that the Malchus ended and has to be rebooted. 
No, no, no. The malchus has not ended. The, the malchus ended externally. So we, we practically speak and we don't see it. But the malchus has not ended. Vein tzarech meshicha, and therefore the, he won't have to be re-anointed. Even though, again, uh, the word, what he means is like the, the, the actual malchus in terms of practical, uh, you know, being out and out of the open. That's uh, we don't have an out, you know, uh, externally. We don't have a malchus. But conceptually, the malchus still is going to be a rusha. So this is the aside. This is the aside. So in other words, what we're seeing over here, and this is the fundamental point that we're going to be going with with the next couple of weeks, which is that the coming of Mashiach is not that there is no kingdom of the Jewish people now, and the coming of Mashiach means that now there's going to be a malchus. No. The pshad is, is that the, there is a malchus for the Jewish people now, and in truth, nothing is new with the coming of Mashiach. What's happening with the coming Mashiach is that the Malchus, which now is underground, so to speak, or in hiding and not out in the open, is going to be revealed. And that person that is the proper heir to the throne, who already now, in a certain sense, is, is the king, he doesn't even know it himself, like that, that Ani that uh, is a big gvir but just doesn't know it, he is going to come out of his shell and it will be known to him that he's the king. But it's, it's a matter of the malchus of the Jewish people emerging out of hiding. That's the aside. That's in halacha. Okay, so now for the next few minutes, let's, let's now translate that in Pneumius. So that's the idea. Again, that's what we have in halacha. Malchus, Bias HaMashiach means the, 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 emer the, the emergence of malchus based David from hiding out in the open. So let's... Let's translate that in terms of Pneumius. Again, that's why going back, that's, again, just to, just to clarify, that's why I think in this principle of faith, you have to believe two things. You have to believe that Mashiach could happen any single second. And number two, you have to believe that he's coming not just from David, but from Shlom HaMelech. Because that's the aside. Because it, the Malchus exists right now. And if it exists right now, it's just a matter of coming out of hiding, then, that, then, then you have to believe that's possible in every single second. And it's also from the house of Shlomo Melech because it's mamish the same line that's been undivided and unbroken ever since then. Now the truth is, by the way, just to get a little bit on the side, it still could be that Mashiach will need to be anointed in order to like settle, you know, any any disagreements. Because remember, I, as I said, the, 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 there, there is a halach of anointing someone not not because he technically needs it, but just to sort of like settle any uh, any issues that people might have, like to make it clear that he's the guy. So it, it could be that Mashiach will still need that, but, but we're talking about, again, everything we're talking, we're talking about like Be'etzim, does you really need Mashiach in order to establish him as Melcha Mashiach? And now we're saying no. Now we're saying no. Right, right, right. So if you go through those lists, so if you go like the Ram and, and you have those lists, the truth is... Uh, Right. So you still <laughs> right. That's true. Also, that's true. That's a good point. You still need a consensus at some level that he. Now there are certain there are certain points that are not really uh, debatable. Building a base amigdash, gathering klal Those are objective things that you could you know they're self evident whether he did them or not. But you're right. There are certain things that are not so clear. That the person has to be a tzaddik like David Melech. Uh, okay, how are you going to how are you decide this? Then maybe you'll need a Sanhedrin for that, right? But but the etzem again, this is the point. But the etzem in terms of whether he's a king or not, he, he's automatically he's always been the king. There's a, there's actually a tshuva. We'll talk about this maybe as Hashem. There's a tshuva from the Chassam Sefer about this. Does Mashiach know that he's Mashiach before 
you know, before the day. So the Chassam Sefer writes, he says, no, he doesn't know. He doesn't necessarily have to know. He doesn't know. He thinks he's just a, uh, we'll talk about that in Epidemius also. He, he thinks he's a, uh, maybe, he thinks he's, uh, maybe he knows he's a Tam Chach, whatever. He doesn't necessarily know he's Mashiach, but that doesn't change the fact that he is. Because again, it's, it's coming out of hiding. So again, let, let, now let's, let's take this idea and just, not rebrand it, but let's, let's translate it in terms of Epidemius. So take a look at Maramach number five. Okay, this is a piece from the Vilna Gain, and this is going to be the, po- the core point that's going to take us for the next couple of weeks. The gra- so we have to define for ourselves what does it mean, the malchus of the Jewish people? Because that, that's, that's the point over here, that the malchus of the Jewish people, when Mashiach comes, comes out of hiding. So the malchus exists, right now it exists just in, 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 in secret, Mashiach comes, the Malchus comes out. So what does it mean, the Malchus of the Jewish people? We know what it means practically. Practically means that you have a, a system of courts and a, and a king and, a, and everything run by Tyra. So we know what Malchus looks like, but in, in the Nefesh, like what, what exactly is the kingdom of the Jewish people? And therefore, what does it mean that it exists now just in hiding? Listen to what the Gain says. This is, this is a, a collection of, of pieces from the Vilna Gain. It's hard to know whether this is the Grah himself or students of the Vilna Gaon, but either case, it's coming from his base magish. Listen to how the Vilna Gaon describes what happened with the destruction of the base Hamikdash and what the definition of Malchus, Malchus based of it is. It says the Vilna Gaon, from the time of the destruction of the base Hamikdash and the Malchus of the Jewish people, again, on the outside, at least ended, Yatza Ruchenu Ateres Ruchenu, our spirit left us. And we remain a body without a soul. In other words, let me tell you outside what the Gra is telling us. What the Gra is telling us is, is that the Malchus of the Jewish people means that the Jewish people exist as a complete entity. In other words, you could have, you could have you know, there's two ways to look at, at Yidin. You could look at Yidin as individual people running around, bumping into each other, you know. That's, that's what Yidin are, a bunch of Yechidim, a bunch of individual citizens. What does it mean, Malchus Yisrael? Malchus Yisrael doesn't just mean that there's a court system and we have a land and we're all, you know, there's Jewish uh, firemen. That's, that's, that's not what Malchus Yisrael fundamentally means. Malchus Yisrael fundamentally means that the Jewish people are re... Are, are, they, they see themselves and they're redefined as one large entity called Kal Yisrael. That's what Malchus Yisrael means. Now, Malchus Yisrael, that entity that's called Klal Yisrael, not individual member, but this, this larger than life, this, this one organism that's called Klal Yisrael, that's called Malchus, Malchus Yisrael. Says the Vilna Gaon, that's, that died, so to speak, or that went into hiding, that went into hiding from the, from the times of the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. And the, Ram, and the Vilna Gaon goes on to describe in great detail the how this larger, this one organism has slowly but surely been falling apart since the destruction of the first temple. So the Ramam says like this. So first of all, the destruction of the base of English means this large organism had a heart attack and the soul leaves it and now the Klau Yisrael sort of has died. The Yitzil Chutzar says in Vilna Gain, and then the Jewish people as a people being pushed out of Eretz Yisrael going to Chutzarts, who are kever. That's called being buried. Again, the death of Klal Yisrael. The Rima Mesedevesilein, what happens in the grave is that worms and insects surround the body. We can't help ourselves. That's referring to the nations of the world that consume us in Chutzlards. But initially, even when the body is in the grave, 
So even though it's under attack, but at least the body is intact. During the times of, of the Ga'inim, at least you had big yeshivas. So Kalei Yisrael were together in Chutzlar. So we were in Chutzlar, but at least we're together. But then even the limbs begin to fall apart and everything is falling apart. And that's during the times of post Bavel, where the Jewish people are now mamish scattered throughout the world. But at least the limbs are intact. Like they're not together, but at least separated, the limbs are, 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 are intact. And that corresponds to the time of the Rishonim, where although we're scattered, but you had a chash of the people, you had a Rashi, you had a Rambam, you know? And at some point, even the limbs fall apart and the bones deteriorate. And all that's left is mamish dust. Mamish dust. And all that's left of us is mamish dust. And that's what the is describing in his days already. Mamish, nothing left. And all we have to hope for is for the resurrection of the dead. In other words, what the Vilna Gain is telling us, again, this is the, this is the aside. The Vilna Gain is defining for us that the malchus of the Jewish people is the, a, 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 the, 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 the collective organism of Kal Yisrael. That's what Malchus, that's what, that's what Malchus Yisrael means. And, the, and, and that, from the times of the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash, has seemingly ended. And that's what the Gra is describing, that this collective organism called Kal Yisrael has died and has gone into the grave and it's falling apart and Mamish nothing left. But what we've been learning until now, based on the Rambam and the Minchas Chinuch is what? is that although that's true on the outside, but that Klal Yisrael, that collective whole of the Jewish people, has not died, in truth, has not gone away, and it's not going to have to be reborn and reestablished and resurrected. What's happened is that it's went into hiding. And what does that mean? Where did it go to hide? It goes into every single individual member of the Jewish people. And this is the insight that we're going to be going with with the next couple of weeks, which is that during Golas, it's not the pshat that the collective power of Klai Yisrael no longer exists. It's not the pshat that Malchus Beis David no longer exists. No, no, no. But Malchus Beis David now constricts itself, and the collective whole of the Jewish people is now constricting itself into each individual member of the Jewish people. And the reality of the Jewish people in Golas is not that there is no Klai Yisrael anymore, and all there is is a bunch of individuals. What the reality of Golis is, is that you have a bunch of individuals, but each individual person bear, carries with, within them the collective energy of all of Kala Yisrael. And the coming of Mashiach is going to be what? Not that now, now the collective organism of Kala Yisrael reemerges. No, no, no. What's going to happen is, is that that collective whole of Kala Yisrael, which until now has been hiding within each and every Jewish person, is now going to come out of its shell and reveal what's always been there, which is Kalal Yisrael. So this is, this is the aside. Now what we're going to see over the next couple weeks is how, that, how we see that. How we see certain, how we see throughout Golas how it's not the pshat that we no longer have this, this, this um, identity as Kalal Yisrael, but that identity of Kalal Yisrael finds itself within each and every one of us individually. And we're going to see all the different, all the Naf communities that come with that, the, the unbelievable strength that individuals have throughout Golas that's much greater than their individual strength. It's coming because within them you have all of Kalei Yisrael. Is this clear? I want to make this point, point clear again. In other words, what we're, what we're, again, let's break it down simply. Again, what we, find, what we have in Halacha is that there's such a thing as the Malchus of the Jewish people. 
And what we have is that the Malchus of the Jewish people seemingly has ended from the times of destruction of the first temple. But comes the Rambam and the Menchus Chenech that tells, no, 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 slow down. It's not true. The Malchus looks like it ended. And it looks like it will have to be restarted with the coming of Mashiach. But that's not true. It just went into hiding. It just went into hiding. So we don't see it on the outside, but it's there somewhere. That's in Halacha. And that's why Mashiach won't have to be re-anointed. Right? That's what we saw. Now, so let's translate that in Pneumius. What does it mean, Malchus Yisrael? When the Vilna Gain tells us what Malchus Yisrael means is that there's, that, 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 that there's two ways to think of ourselves. You could, there's, a, there's an identity that we have as individuals. Your Indian, your strengths, your weaknesses as an individual. And you share uh, common ground and common background with other Yidin. But Lamaisa, there's a consciousness that's called individual Yidin. And then there's a consciousness which is called Malchus, Malchus based David. And what's the consciousness of Malchus based David? The consciousness of Malchus based David is that you're not an individual. You are part of this larger organism that, ex- that encompasses all of Kal Yisrael. And again, what have we, what, and so therefore, from the times of destruction of the, of the first base of English, it would seem that that consciousness of what? Of Kal Yisrael has died and has ended. And Mashiach is going to restart it. So in other words, during Gullus, the way of the, the mentality is survive, just do your thing, this shtetl, our shtetl, our family, our, our kibbutz, our minion, individual, individual, individual. When Mashiach comes, then we'll be able to, there's, there's going to be a click, that what, that we're no longer just individuals, we're now part of this collective whole called the Jewish people. But what we're seeing is, that's not true. It's not the pshat that the Kalal consciousness is going to have to be restarted with the coming of Mashiach. Like the Rambam and the Menchus Chinuch said, it never ended. It just went into hiding. Where did Klal Yisrael go into hiding? Klal Yisrael in Golis, and this is the side. Klal Yisrael during exile, Klal Yisrael, this consciousness of that collective whole of Klal Yisrael, went into hiding into each individual member. And during Golis, every individual Jew on the outside feels and lives only as an individual, but on the inside, you carry within you all of Klal Yisrael. And that's the, that's the Chiddush, that's the Nekud of Gauls. And when Mashiach comes, that truth, which is within each and every individual Jew, which is all of us, all of Kalei so within each and every one of us, is going to emerge. And what's going to be shown is that Kalei was always alive and well, and Kalei was always one big organism. We might not have realized it yet, but in truth, what we're going to see in the coming weeks is that what has been pushing us to accomplish all that we've accomplished in Gauls, and what's been giving us the strength to survive in Gullus was never our individual strength. What allows the Jew to survive in Gullus and even to thrive in Gullus is because beneath the scenes, beneath the surface of your individual identity is all of Kalal Yisrael. And that's ultimately the, the, the power that's behind every single one of us. The fact that we survived all these years in Gullus, so we, could, we, could we could call it a miracle. We could call it a miracle. But it's more than that. The fact that, that you could have one Jew that's able to, 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 to handle all the pressures of the nations of the world and still stand strong and, and even dial Kiddush Hashem. Where does that strength come from? That's a strength that's way beyond the power of an individual. So how did this individual person find the strength to fight against the whole world? The answer is because he's not an individual. During Golas, Kalal Yisrael goes into hiding inside the individual. And what you carry within you is the power of all of Kalal Yisrael. And this is why, this is why, by the way, why, it's already late, but this is why when the coming of Mashiach, we all know that the one mitzvah, or the one avayda, which is so vital for the coming of Mashiach, is what? It's achtas, right? Avas Yisrael. Avas Yisrael. Why? Why is that so important? 
So we understand that the Beis was destroyed because of Sinas Chinam, so obviously it's fixing that Avera, but it's, it's much deeper than that. Why was the Beis destroyed because of Sinas Chinam? Well, the answer is because the whole Indian, the whole Indian of Beis Amigdash, of Malchus Beis David, is Klal Yisrael. And in order to, re, to, to bring that Malchus back is to show how even right now there is a Klal Yisrael. And, that, and that, how, do, how do you show that? By loving other Yidin. When you love another yid, it means that what you're saying is that me and you are tied together. We're bound together. Not just because we're cousins. Uh, because we're one and the same. Klai Yisrael exists within me. Klai Yisrael exists within you. And we're, and we're bound together. On the outside, it looks like I'm me and you are you. But on the inside, it's just us. It's just us. That's what Klai Yisrael is about. And that's the coming of Mashiach. So again, the coming of Mashiach, like the Ramam said, have to, we have to be it's imminent. And it's Nehaz Shlomo because whatever, whatever Malchus based David means, which is that all there is is this collective organism and identity that's called the Jewish people that still exists today. It's just in hiding. Where is it hiding? Inside, every one of us is individuals. And again, as I said, that's what's pushing us, that's compelling us, that's giving us the strength. So every single one of us in Gullahs has much greater strength than we would as individuals. We, we, in a certain sense, it's, we're stronger in Gullahs than we, than we were with the Beis HaMikdash. Because now that we're in Golis, like that Kalal Yisrael is now being concentrated into each and every individual person. So now as an individual, your mom is unbelievably strong. We just have to tap into it. And Bez Hashem, that's what we're going to be talking about over the next uh, coming weeks. So Bez Hashem, you know, we should be zaychet to uh, experience the revelation of uh, the coming of Mashiach and the return of Malchus Pais David in full. The Be'ez called Tzadik and Hervi Amen.